0: Girl, you the best. And she love me when I'm in it. And she never be pretending, nothing is friend. She gon' tell you what she bought it. And Cause she the never came yeah, on yeah, the yeah, it. You can yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you can't get it. I'm keep No competition. Stay on the, the pavement Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone to the eSpot with Camille. I'm your host, Camille Cower, and I'm so excited for you guys to meet my guest today. Ignore my spelling area. I wrote Ed Missioni, I guess, but it's Ed McCone that's here. Fast Eddie is the nickname that they give him up in New York City, and I'm so excited to have him here in the dash to help me out today with my um, show. He's an amazing guest. He's done millions of things that I can't wait to find out more about from his days from Radio City, um, Madison Square Garden, doing several Super Bowl halftime shows. So without further de- delay, excuse me, I'm getting all tongue-tied, I'm so excited. Uh, here's Ed McCone. Hello. Thank you Camille, thanks for
1: having me. Yeah, oh, it was my pleasure.
0: I have to give you a round of applause for this, we made it and I'm so excited to have you and I can't believe that you're here. And After hearing so many different interviews about you from two different podcasts that I was listening to, I'm just really excited to have you and hear more straight from you how you got started in this industry.
1: And we're almost neighbors. (laughs) You what? Oh, yeah, we are
0: almost neighbors. We're in the same state, which is amazing because, I mean, who leaves New York City?
1: So in uh, 1963, I saw the Beatles and Ed Sullivan. The next day, I started a band. And I play the drums still, still bang around and have fun, and uh, that's why I got into it. We uh, the first deal I ever negotiated. We were in eighth, we were in eighth grade, and we played the ninth grade dance, and there were three guys, and uh, we had I had a small drum kit. We had one amp, one mic. We had two guitars, and it was three hours long, and I got us each fifteen dollars, which was five dollars an hour. Now think about that when you're thirteen. Yeah. Was a good payday yeah that's great And we did you know we did beatles and beach boys and a lot of instrumental stuff and stones and whatever whatever's playing at the time and then we just kept we worked basically every weekend and uh we did some fun things and played some fun concerts my senior year we opened uh for the young rascals of my high school which was kind of fun and my mother who's still alive is 99 caught dino's drumstick and so it was kind of, it was just that whole thing of, you know, music. And then when I went to college, um, couldn't do the band thing there. So I got involved in concerts and became the concert chairman for my sophomore, junior, and senior year. And I mean, I did everything from, uh, about, you name it. I mean, every Tuesday and Thursday, we basically did a concert. And the book shows that we were going in or out of New York City from the film order. Okay. So so you do like Poco, The Birds, Just from Tull, The Band, The Kinks, Beach Boys. And and what's funny is I was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and all those folks came into my life. You know, the last 40-some odd years of my my uh, show business uh, career. So it's kind of fun how that all happens.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, how did you go from performing well, I mean, I, I get that you you got into it a little bit with college, but how did you make that leap to make it into a career, though? Because
1: I just uh, mm-hmm. when I when I uh, I was a history major, mm-hmm. and uh, I was also I like to surf, so I went to a little school called CW Post. So I took my history courses at night, so Tuesdays and Thursdays I could go to the beach, and then I could also book concerts because I'm not like a committee kind of guy. So um, it kind of was like a little wild and, you know, just had meetings, but people couldn't come because they were in class. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm just one of those guys. If I have a gut, I go with it. And when you're young and, you know, you know, you know, music and, you know, playing the Fillmore, you know, they're going to sell your college tickets for doing and $3. And we had a beautiful, beautiful first year I was there. We had a gym and uh, I think the first show I booked was, uh, Paul Butterfield Blues Band, and Larry Coryell, And uh, then, the, then that, during that year, they were building this place called The Dome, it was 3,000 seats. And had a budget, that, think about this, in 1969, half a million dollars, a college kid. Imagine the had access to that money. And we did concerts and we had, we, we just knocked it out of the bar.
0: Oh, how much fun to just, I mean, you had the kings, to, uh, the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. and. Yeah, Some it was, of it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. way
1: before ticket manifests, and you know, you pay bands. And those days, bands were getting, you know, seventy-five hundred, ten thousand, fifteen thousand. The most we ever spent we paid uh, the band in my senior year in nineteen seventy-two. Paid them fifty thousand for two shows. We did a, a Friday to Saturday, and that week they were on the cover of Time magazine as the first band ever to get twenty-five thousand dollars a night. And that, think about it, that's a lot of money then. That was a lot. Yeah, money.
0: that's a lot of money now. Well, for
1: No, it is still. A lot
0: of money. (laughs) For one million. That's pretty amazing. uh,
1: Yeah, so I went. That's what I did. So My father used to say, the knowledge of a business is worth a college education. So Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough I got both.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's Um, great. And just, I mean, what an amazing opportunity to have access to such great bands at such a young age. When did you pivot to start working in the city and doing more things Well, I'll tell
1: you, on March 23rd, 1972 i had i remember numbers of things March, uh, i had humble i had humble pie playing our college and this guy was an agent came out and he was a he was a buyer for colleges he bought talent for colleges and he offered me a job and i said how much and he goes a hundred dollars a week and i was like 100 a week i said i make more than that cutting lawns and driving a dump truck in the summer yeah. and so i told my father and my father said you want to be in the entertainment business you want to cut grass and drive. a dump not your entire life. That's a bad thing. I said, no, I want to be in the music business. So I let April, May, June, July, and then I went, I had $120, and I had a little Volkswagen. and I drove up now to East Coast surfing and seeing friends. I came home on July uh, 9th, and my father, I the 8th, and my father said, what are you going to do now? Because you're not going to stay here. You have to get a job. So I said, well, I'll find George, and I'll see if he'll pay me $110. I got in my car, I drove, which I didn't even know. I went to Bay Shore Island and I got on a ferry to um, what's that place? Fire Island. But I didn't know that there were different sections of Fire Island. It's like saying you're going to New York and you got you know Queens and, and you got Staten Island. I just happened mm-hmm. to pick the right boat and it dropped me off at the right island. And mm-hmm. I asked somebody, I said, do you know where this guy, George Brown is? His sister owns a head shop. For those of you who don't know what a head shop is, that's the <laughs> old days after they used to sell marijuana products anyway so pipes and things Mm
0: -hmm. so anyway i don't know what you're talking about sorry exactly
1: so uh so uh, i found george and i he goes hey eddie and i said would you pay me 110 dollars a week and he said yes he said can you start tomorrow i said yes i got back on the boat went home my father's had to go i said start tomorrow so 9 30 on july 10th i was in new york city 101 park avenue making phone calls calling colleges And And then, then, yeah.
0: What was that? I mean, what was your first week like working there? Did you feel like, yes, I definitely made the right choice. This is way better than lawns. And
1: (laughs) we we typed our own letters. Okay. A lot of people have had come from CEA. Was just like, was a was a. uh, It's kind of like being a stockbroker, but sell selling stocks. You were selling bands, and so we got our commission from the colleges. So colleges used our service because they felt safe, and we were professionals, and we read the contracts for them, and it was fun. I mean, we. I mean, I booked. You name it, Jay Giles, Bruce Springsteen, James Taylor, Linda Ronstadt, Jackson Brown. I'm talking about $500 a night, James Taylor, $500 a night, Jackson Brown. You know, Harry Chapin, Loggins and Messina. I mean, just Rotel, Jay Giles' band. I mean, we were big. We, we were the biggest. It was I was the third owner. Uh, I took it over in 19. I started in 72, and I took it over in 74. I left in 77 when I went to ICM to run the college department. And colleges start to explode.
0: And, I just uh, love this. So you went to college, uh, you started $110 a week, ended up owning the company.
1: Well, that was interesting. I was making, then I, two years later, I was making about, uh, I don't know, whatever it was, 250 a week. And George, who was the second owner, he got a job offer to go to Columbia records. Uh-huh. So the attorney of our company, there were eight employees. He said, Eddie, why don't we just make you the president? So I was like, okay. Okay but I want 500 a week. So think about that. 1970, I'm at $25,000 a year, 1973, you know, not bad. No, actually 74. And uh, then I did that. And then I went to ICM and I ran their college department. And then I left the company with the blessing of the the guy who had the money. And then about, I think about 70 years later, the company went down the tubes, but, uh, Mm You know, it's just not the times, I think, or maybe it wasn't right. I don't know, but it was good for me. It was
0: yeah. a great place to be. Do you remember, as a college kid, or even as a um, new employee, what was some of the bands or events that you got to go to that stood out to you? That you're like, I got to be a part of it. Oh, I mean, every night, every night,
1: we were in places. <laughs> okay. where we were at the Bottom Line, which you know, doesn't exist anymore. We were at uh, Kenny's Castaways. We were at the, at the Bitter End, which I just read in the paper today it might go under in New York City. Uh, there was a place called, uh, where I saw the stone on Springsteen, uh, it was called, uh, it was on fifth Avenue. Um, just this is what happens when you turn 70, you forget things. Um,
0: and it, happens it was, way.
1: Upstairs. It, happens. Um, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was just, there was just all these great places at all the time. And, um, you know, we'd spend nights and we'd drive home We'd stay and people, we'd meet people and just sleep on their floors, to work the next day, we'd, we'd split sandwiches for lunch and, you know, it was great. Yeah. That's what you do when you're in
0: your twenties. Absolutely, I can't say I didn't do a lot of the same. Actually, in Wilmington, when I would work at, there you at, go. working as an extra, a lot of times you would end up sleeping at whoever was the nicest person that you met. Exactly. On bed. If you had, if you were there late enough, or um, drink you know, blooms
1: farm apple wine. I
0: mean, that's what we did. Boone's <laughs> Farms brings back bad memories <laughs> of uh, me trying to hide it while in college by putting it in Seven Up bottles.
1: Of course, that's what you did.
0: (laughs) But, oh, wow, how cool. So you went from there and then you started working with ICM. I went to ICM.
1: Is that right? So I developed a college department. And then at ICM, I worked with like uh, the Kinks and Gordon Lightfoot and Jim Taylor and Linda Ronstadt. And and then I got into this, uh, Atlantic City was just starting in the eighty four. So this guy I worked for, Shelly Schultz, said, uh, go get a haircut, buy some suits. I want to make you a a casino agent. I said, casino? It's like, you know, oh, man, I'm I'm like a rock and roll guy. But I had two babies. You know, I wanted to make more money. So I Mm -hmm. said, you know what, I'll give it a shot. Well, it was great because our list, I had represented a lot of comics in those days. So I had like Billy Crystal, Robin Williams, Dennis Miller, Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon. We had Whoopi Goldberg. Um, I mean, we, we were just we were we were on fire. Uh, we had I mean I even booked uh, Elaine uh, Ellen for five hundred bucks in Atlantic City for a weekend. I mean it was fun. And then I had like Patty LaPone, Maureen McGovern, Susan Anton, Susan Summers, Lucy Arnez. I mean it was it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and so I but booking the Atlantic City in those days was great because it was, there were ten hotels. Everybody wanted your talent. And the first time I ever went down there, I went in a suit and a tie. And after that, I went down and you know, I, in those days, I saw shirts, slacks, and uh, it was fun. And you know, we were out every night. And Tuesday night during the summer was opening, and during the winter, Friday night was opening. So usually, I was there on Tuesdays and Fridays. And you know, I would take the kids with me, and I'd hire babysitters, and I'd get a suite, and I'd come back at two in the morning, and I'd wake the kids up, and we'd have hot fudge Sundays and French toast in bed. Watch cartoons. I mean, it was great. I mean, I love it. Yeah,
0: that. that sounds exactly. way better than Eloise's even life in a hotel. That sounds like oh, fun. Oh yeah, we
1: had a we had a we had a great time. Yeah. One day when you're here, you'll see my office. I got. I mean, I have lots of memorabilia and stuff around. It's kind of fun.
0: Anybody that knows me knows that I'm obsessed with pictures. If there's a photo album at somebody's house, even if I don't know them, and if they have it out, I will look and just.
1: Well, I you know. will. You will you will flip out because I have my personal photo album and my business photo album, and I have thirty two volumes of each.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna make that field trip. See, I'm always like, there's nothing that can make me leave my house again because of COVID. No, no you'll You'll, we'll that.
1: <laughs> you'll. Uh, you'll uh, everybody wants me to. Everybody wants me to uh, either write a book or else just digitize it. Because yeah. every page
0: tells a story. Oh, these are the scrapbooks I was hearing yeah. about. Oh wow, yeah, I can't. I can't even imagine. Because I know when I was looking through your resume and posting different things to um, advertise our interview, like I just kept wanting to say that's marvelous. Like so many people <laughs> on your list, I grew up listening to and still listen to, and are icons. And I mean, think of Robin Williams and. Like my daughter loves my my whole family. We loved watching Aladdin over and over again. So she's familiar with him and Jumanji, the original one. Um and just like your list on your resume is like who's who? And you didn't even write down everyone because when I started Googling, like more names were popping up. I'm like,
1: we had we had fun. And it's funny is today today I was on the beach and a friend of mine called. He's a buyer for a casino and he asked uh he said, Hey, Eddie, he, can you know I want to book Tony Danza for New Year's Eve. So I send a note to to Danza, just text him and said, hey, it's Eddie. Are you available New Year's Eve? And, you know, and I get this text back, you know, hey, just let Dan know, Dan's manager. So then all I do is hook up Mike and Dan and that's it. You know, it took me three seconds, but I helped two friends. So it's
0: fine. Well, now we know who's the boss
1: well
0: done. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, oh, wow. Um, actually, funny enough, when I was Googling around, one of the pictures I ended up using was with you and Tony Danza.
1: And Mario, I saw that. Yeah, Mario,
0: yeah, Mario Cantone. I can never Mario say that. Mario
1: Cantone, yeah. We Cantone. A, the three Cantone.
0: of us had a good time together, yeah. 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 Three Italians. Oh, right, yeah. So, okay. I mean, working at a casino, being able to have all that fun with your family there as well, all the different comedy acts that you gotta watch, you have to you have to know so much about the industry from as far as live events go. What do you think the future is gonna be? Because with so many things kind of changing constantly and you've been so innovative with all the different ways that you've kind of gotten into the business and even have sustained for so long. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the other half of your <laughs> business. Well, I read, <laughs> okay. I,
1: I, I, there was yeah. an article, the Urban A's you know, a big manager, you know, Eagles, yeah. et cetera, and, and uh, he said that, you know, my bands aren't going to go back and work until things are normal. So yeah. if they sell out, you know, the garden, 18,000 seats or a stadium, 50,000 seats, we're not going back. And you read all these stories about how, oh, we're going to cut down this, we're going to cut down that, we're going to have... They have a thousand seat room. Going to sell two hundred fifty tickets. Yeah, I'm not a believer in that. I think he, we just need to wait, um, and uh, I'm hoping that I'm hoping, my goal June one, that you know things are whatever normal is. You know, mm-hmm. there's the vaccine comes out in January, February. People take it. Fifteen percent of the public, I'm told, you know, might be okay. Might not be okay. But you know, fifty percent of the people probably aren't safe with uh, getting the flu either or the cold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that once the vaccine comes, um, we'll be pretty much back to normal. Definitely by fall, I got to pray that by September. um, But, you know, who knows? But not good, let's see. Yeah, I mean- all about the vaccine. Right. People being safe.
0: Yeah, because there's so many people involved with live music from like the ushers to all the way to the actual, the talent that are involved that are now not working. And so as much as people want to rush to possibly help them and the financial part of it, we'll just keep having to go back and forth until you're yeah, ready. I mean,
1: there's nobody, there's nobody immune to this. I mean, no no one. I mean, you know, I manage Kristen Chenoweth, and, you know, we chat all the time and she just wants to get back to work. And luckily this week she's, she's doing a uh, little TV show that's going to come out in November, just a little six episode thing. But, um, you know, everybody wants to do stuff, you know, do the best you can. Yeah. yeah. Even, you know, that's why this is exciting. You know? I mean, how yeah. often do we get to talk and see people and talk about anything? So, even like today, Tony Danzig requested, I was like, yeah, I'm sitting on the beach, I'll take care of It takes
0: two minutes. All right. Wow. So, um, how, did, how did you go from ICM and then to Radio City Hall and Ma- Mer- Madison Square Garden? Like, that's so, what so wants to hear
1: I was at I- yeah. ICM for, I guess. 13, 14 years. And then there was a, Like my guy left. a new guy came in, um, totally not my style totally different type of guy. Um, didn't, didn't, didn't just get what I did. And, uh, I knew it was bad. I got a call from a guy named Scott Sanders, who ran radio city musical and said that he wanted to expand the business, get the television and book more bands and get new events. And I actually took a $25,000 cut in pay. go to radio city um but there was a big upside and you know obviously it worked i was here 14 years and then i started as the vice president of entertainment ended up being the executive vice president of entertainment executive producer of radio city for the rockettes so i had the rockettes under me for four, four years as well and then in 98 madison square garden bought radio city productions and then became radio city entertainment and uh, so for four years, I got to run the garden as well. So I, I mean, it's awesome. I had two offices. It was just, it was, it was awesome. And what, what a great gig that
0: is. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, I would, be, I would be in a lot of trouble with lot of my actor friends if I didn't ask you this. With being an agent and having to make those decisions as far as who you sign, who you don't sign, or even um, Like, what do you think really sticks out for someone that you're like, yes, this is someone that should be in the business, whether it's a comedian or an actor, for that matter, or even singer? I mean, you have so much.
1: There's a guy guy named Jack Rollins, who was uh, Billy Crystal's manager, Robin Williams' manager. His first client was uh, Woody Allen and uh, Harry Belafonte. And and Jack used to tell me, Jack used to tell me, Eddie, yeah, he had a big cigar, Eddie got to be different they got to be different so the first client i ever saw well first client i saw when i actually went to icm was uh, ramsey lewis who was a who was uh, managed by a friend of mine and also laura nero who was uh, managed by a friend of mine so that helps uh, but bob saget i went and saw him like two in the morning at a club and he did why my guitar gently weeps and he had just a piece of cotton with moist and as he played it dripped. I mean, it's hokey and corny, <laughs> but he knocked me out, and we just became great friends, and um, it was great. He's, he's, he's a really good guy. But all those guys, I mean, you know, yeah. Billy Crystal, I used to book when he was in in colleges, and then when I came to ICM, again, Jack Rollins and his friend Buddy Mora and Charlie Jaffe and all these guys, they say David Steinberg his manager as well say, "Hey, now you're an agent." So that's kind of you know, it all came from. My whole thing is relationships. Everything is about relationships. So that little relationship with Jack Rollins, when, when I was at CEA, I used to book a band called, a comedy group called. um
0: ben and Tiller?
1: No, 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 no. I can't remember, they will come to me. But Jack managed them and I helped them. And the next thing you know, I go to ICM. So now when I call and say, Jack, he goes, well, you're at ICM, you, you should be Billy, Billy Crystal's agent. I am like, okay.
0: Let's make it happen.
1: So it's kind of like you get what you give. I'm one of those guys. You know, <laughs> you plant your seeds, and it, it might take 10 years, it might take two months, it might take two days. But I believe that it all comes back to you if you give out, if you work hard.
0: No, and I love the fact that you were in college when you met some of these different performers, and because you remembered them from that, you were able to help them in your professional life. Because what if they just treated feel- you like a you know, like, uh, it's just a kid, a little PA or something, you know, like they didn't give you that enough respect. Maybe no. it never happened.
1: Well, it's true. It's, 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 uh, and there, there are certain people like my sons in the entertainment business as well. And, uh, so there's a place called the Garden State Arts Center, which is in New Jersey. And he was a runner down there. So, uh, there was a band playing and, uh, he said, Hey dad, you know this, I know you know this guy. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, you know, tour manager, you know, probably give you a tip and everything Just say, thank you, et cetera so i get a call from my son he says dad you know tour managers always give me a tip guy didn't give me anything so i call up the artist and i said geez it's really weird i said you know graham worked his butt off for you and he goes what do you mean he didn't get the hundred dollars i go i gave the guy hundred dollars to give your son i said well what did he put on the settlement statement when he handed in at the end of the evening he goes he put no tip so i said. Road manager got fired the next day. Oh, no. Yeah, because he lied. He pocketed the hundred bucks. Wow. I mean, he put in that he gave a hundred dollars. So that cost that guy his job. So he lost his job because of, you know, a young kid who was doing the right thing. And right. so Graham told me, and I called the artist, and the artist said, No, you never gave Graham that hundred dollars. You stole it and you're gone. Wow. See, that's crazy.
0: people's kids on top of that, but you can't mess with people's tip. Like, come
1: on. <laughs> oh, when you're working, you know, when you're helping out from 6 a.m. till 2 in the morning, that's a long day. Absolutely. Uh, but it's a true story. So you, that's when you never, you never know. I talk, I take every phone call, even those ones that says unknown on your cell phones, I still say, okay, no, I'm not interested, but thank you for calling, you know, you know but uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause definitely, that's why I never change my phone number, too, because I'm like, you never know when somebody right, needs you or whatever. If I call them out of the blue, maybe it'll still be in their phone. I'll give you a perfect example. Of
1: yeah, this. He, sure. asked about, he asked about about events. So when I was at Radio City, one of my biggest things I did was, you know, I brought Riverdance to, right. to Radio City. That yeah. so was 25 years ago. So I was there's a friend of mine named David Hart. He used to work with me back in the 70s at CEA. And now he manages Ringo Starr. And we've been friends for 40 years yeah. but david called me and said and there's a show in london in uh, london called river dance friend of mine is the producer you got to go see it it's perfect for radio city so i trust david the next day for all you folks who were young i got on the concord and i flew that day Saw the show that night got up flew back the next morning and it was back in my office before i left the next day you know it was like you know, the same time period that you fly, you gain, go three and a half hours to London. You go 52,000 feet in the air. I mean, it's crazy See the curvature of the earth. I mean, I, I got to fly it three times. Wow.
0: <sighs> like in my head, I'm like, I don't know which is more fascinating at this point, because I remember when they existed and then they didn't anymore. Was, right,
1: yeah. yeah. They had a blowout, the tire blew out in air France and, and Paris, and then that, that, that it was like unsafe. But I mean, it was really spectacular. It was uh i think a round trip ticket was 10 grand but anyway it was crazy i mean it was just it was, awesome. yeah. it was awesome so anyway i went and made that deal but that's example of like you know listening to a friend and my father used to say if you don't go you don't know so i'm one of those guys that you know a lot of times you got to come see this band no 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 and then you go sometimes it's worth it sometimes it's not you know like right. you gotta if you're in our business you got to do it yeah you, have to, you have to listen and look
0: yeah, No, that's great advice. Um, so, I want to bring up a little bit more about Riverdance because I found it so fascinating that you went there just on a whim because your friend told you about it. But even um, what I heard from a podcast was that you mentioned how you guys used PBS as a way to promote it for free, right. and that was like the first time something like that was done. Can you tell us a little more about? Yeah, that?
1: in the old in the old days when you had PBS. People were like, oh no, you can't do PBS because people are gonna stay and watch it and they're gonna come and, and RiverDance grew total opposite. It was on, everybody wanted to see it. And uh, I wish PBS was actually stronger than it is, you know, now. It's kinda like now you can you know, people can put up stuff on YouTube, et cetera. But um, it's still a great a great vehicle to use. But for us it was incredible. And then we end up shooting uh, I think it was the third or fourth time they came back we shot the show at radio C Music Hall, which was phenomenal. and then they were going to do this march they were going to do the 25th anniversary and i was on my way in new york the week that it was supposed to happen i was there on a sunday and actually and i was going to the final show on tuesday or wednesday i can't remember and of course it was canceled because of covid so that was really that was really fun because i love those guys i mean they're they're wonderful people and great they great to work with and
0: And super flexible and fast at the same time. (laughs) I remember watching that and just was blown away with the whole theatrics. But I watched it on PBS. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. Like it worked because I remember that being a phenomenon when it first came out. Like, you got to watch Riverdance. They're tap dancing with, like, it looks like jello legs so fast.
1: When When you come to the house, you'll see the original poster hanging on
0: but those aren't the only, like you guys, you also like branded the um, the Rockettes as well.
1: We did, we did uh, We did a show in Vegas called the Great Radio City Spectacular. We did it actually at the Flamingo Hotel. And I think we ran for four years and we ran it from
0: 1995,
1: actually 94 to 90, almost 98. And then that's when Vegas changed and you got Cirque in the 97, 98. And when we were bought by the garden, they went to see the show and it was at the Flamingo, which was, you know, the original casino. And it wasn't glitzy and glamoury. And the folks from Madison Square Garden said, you know, this show is an embarrassment. Not that it was an embarrassment. They just didn't think it was what they wanted the Rockettes to be in. They wanted something hipper, more contemporary. And I said, this show has been here for four years and people love it. But so close it down. I'd never been back tried, but, you know, the Rockettes are the Rockettes, you know, they're not, they, you know, they're not MTV, they can look like MTV, the girls are phenomenal, women are phenomenal, mm-hmm. but, there's a, you know, there's that, there's that three-letter word that you don't discuss when you're a Rockette, you know, it begins with an S, and ends with an X, and there's um, an E in the middle, you know, right. sexy, you know, that's it's four-letter, word. but anyway, you know, there's they want them to be sexy, but you couldn't be sexy, right. hello. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have an Italian happy. accent, but don't, but don't, don't say, Hey, what's happening. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I always think of them as being like showgirls, but for Christmas. type. Exact.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Don't offend anybody. That's what it's all about. Pure, mm-hmm. excellent, you know, very diverse. We have, we, we had we so many styles of, of dance. We, we, that I was most proud of that. We, we, Changed kind of how they dance and look. We put some Latino stuff in there. We we put some cool music. I mean, we mm-hmm. and it just but you know anyway. So it went away and uh, and then I left in I left in 03, okay. uh, I left in 03.
0: Well, I also want to talk about your Super Bowl experience um, experience as well because you did that while you were with Radio City as I well. I did right?
1: five and one of your favorites in Phoenix. I did uh, Diana Ross, which was mm-hmm. phenomenal and. And I don't know if you think about Super Bowls. But when you have it, when you do a Super Bowl, the artist y- y- you can sing live, but you also have a little track just in case you get nervous. You know they can push a button, and all of a sudden you're still singing, but it's pre-recorded. So we we did the I don't know if you I remember you said that I guess you saw it. So we did the thing where she leaves in a helicopter, and we had a lot of fun with that. But sound check, she's doing everything. And then the night the night for Super Bowl, we always had a party since it was in Phoenix we had a, we had like a big kind of like a barn dance so she and I are dancing and I, it's great. We all wear cowboy hats and shirts and boots. And she goes, Oh, Eddie, she goes, I'm having such a great time. I'm going to sing live tomorrow. And I go, great. And you know, that's good. And she did, uh, but it's like, you know, it, it, it that's rolling dice a little bit, you know, but she nailed it. It was awesome. And she left and, uh, she was great to work with her manager and attorneys guy named john frankenheimer still a wonderful friend of mine known him since uh i went to radio city in fact i just i just emailed him because uh, i need to get a hold of uh of uh, uh, a basketball player that is trying to do some kind of event and so I'm trying to get hold of michael jordan so he's going to help me
0: Oh, just some basketball player. <laughs> that's kind of a big deal in North Carolina. I don't okay. know why. It's really- well, we're
1: trying to, get, we're trying to, we're actually trying to build some uh, homeless shelters for some folks. And I oh, thought that's from, from here, you're right. It's just an ask, you know, you want to call it like, you know, Michael Jordan way. I don't know. Yeah. You'll have know. to donate a little money, but I'm, um, you know, I have the presentation already. You just have to know who to send it to.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Uh- yeah, it's
1: just, that's something yeah. like like on the side. It's just something I have time to do now. Yeah, something
0: to do all day. And do you use your talent to help the homeless? Like that's amazing, especially well, right now. So many people need help out there. Oh,
1: it's 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 crazy. It's uh, yeah.
0: Crazy. So many, and I know from my experiences as being a kid and seeing athletes come to visit schools or something like. They're like superheroes in real life. Yeah. So I'm sure that would be amazing if you're able to swing that. And I mean, knowing the people that you probably know, that's probably an easy opportunity to come up. But wow, I'm trying to, of course, because I'm a Diana Ross fan, I have to ask more Diana Ross questions since you brought her up. Sure. So when you say she performed everything live at the Super Bowl, how, like what was the whole process of practicing and setting that? Like, how much time do you guys really have to set up a Super Bowl? You have like
1: 12 minutes 12 15 minutes and you have like 12 minutes to to perform then you have like same you know 10 or 12 minutes but now it's gotten if you watch now it's gotten longer and bigger and sparks are flying and there's so much smoke sometimes when they, when they kick the ball if you can't even see the field um, um you know we used to do things where we would do uh um, card tricks so, like, you'd have under your seat, you'd have a, you'd have a, like, a gift basket, little pouch, and we'd have, like, so we would turn the stadium, like, when we did Michael Jackson, you know, we had that whole thing, we had the world, so we, you know, we did, you know, we are the world, so like, there was a section where, where, there was, there were people with flags, yeah, and they would hang up. So if you, the yellow flag went up, everybody turned their yellow part up, the red, you know, that's how we did in the old days. Now everybody's given a light. I mean, it's, it's a whole different ball game. It was so, when we did it, was it was the only way to do it at the time. Right, you guys but were we, innovative. But it was, yeah, but it was fun, yeah, it was fun. And then, you know, the fireworks, of course, and uh, the parties were always, our, we threw great parties, our parties were always fun. And it wasn't about the money, you know, it's, it's just at the end, you know, you'd see produced by Radio City Productions, whatever, it was more of a, a marketing tool for us. But we did five of them and it was great.
0: You know, you said you did five. So Michael Jackson and Diana Ross. Where were the I,
1: other? I made a little list. We did 1993, we did Michael Jackson. 1996, we did Diana Ross. 1997, we did the Blues Brothers, which was C.Z. Uh, Top, James Brown, and uh, who else was on that? Um, that just yeah, ZZ and James. 98, we did a Motown special with Boyz II Men, Martha Reeves, uh, Queen Latifah, The Tops. I mean, sorry, the Temps and it uh, Smokey and of course Stevie. Wonder, or Smokey, and then in '99 we did Gloria Estefan and Smokey. At I mean, Gloria Estefan and Stevie. At, uh in Miami, we had Stevie drive out in the car. It was kind of cute He drove car across serious, the car
0: out. It's because there's always that joke that about him driving. Right, Have you correct. ever heard about? Okay, because.
1: Yeah. Um, and he's a he's a super dude. I mean, it's, he's. I, I can't begin to tell you how. Uh, Wonderful human being. Idiots. I mean, every, it was really crazy. You I mean, talk like these days, like what ZZ, we did was in, uh, it was funny, we did ZZ in 97. So when the, when they were singing, you got legs, you know how to use them, right? The girls yeah. were laying on their backs and they were going like this with their legs. And then they would go like this, like this. Well, they said, oh, no, no, no legs. So you got to keep your legs together. You couldn't kind of kick like this. So we said, okay, can you imagine now? Um.
0: Yeah, kick all I you think want. after Janet Jackson and the Timberlake, yeah, hello, <laughs> all of us were all from then on. It's like, wait, yeah. she got in trouble for that, but right, right. but yeah, we,
1: but that's okay. That was censorship in those days, and they were just protecting their brand, you
0: know? right? No, I mean, life was so much more simpler there, like. I think back now, the things that we thought were so censored and over the top, like now I'm like, no, no, now is the time that things are over the top and need to be censored in comparison. But right. I'm sure that with every generation, they probably think that of um, the next generation's music or shows and so on. But wow. Well,
1: so, that was, yeah. so the Super Bowls were fun. And uh, yeah. and then and then after that, then uh, yeah, I, I uh, Managed Kristen Chenowitz now is phenomenal for five years, and she does like 30, 35 dates a year. And that, for me, that's plenty. It's enough and keeps me busy. And But since it's March 10th, that was our last date, chapter B in Charlotte. Um, oh. Oh. We, haven't done, we haven't done anything since. So we moved yeah. all our dates into next year, starting February, but I'm a little weary about February, March, April. Again, I think maybe June, but we're ready to work whenever they are. Whenever right. you know, wherever the, wherever the world says it's fine to go home back to work um yeah so it's 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 kind of fun and then you know i i, I get calls i like to help people That's kind of yeah. what i do now just no. people call me pick my brain and i enjoy yeah. it. all good to
0: know um, yeah it
1: can't me you know excuse me you build a ledge
0: plus I mean your stories are amazing people need to know about them you know like learn about the behind the scenes stuff what really happened and you were theirs and making the deals as well so I'm sure people who are interested in doing what you've done you're like an encyclopedia full of knowledge for those that don't know that's like google we we have we have
1: we have a a lot of fun we've done a lot we talked about today we're Done a lot of good stuff, and, uh, mm. uh I forget most of it. I talk to people and I go, "Oh yes, I do remember." Okay.
0: <laughs> now I love the st- well. I mean, it's under sad circumstances, but I love how the relationship with you and Kristen even came about because even that was just a chance meeting. That came
1: that came about um, when Robin Williams passed away. Rookie uh, Goldberg called me as a friend and said, "Hey, I'm going out to Robin's funeral. Do you want to come with me?" And I said yes, but I thought we were gonna take her bus. So I thought we were gonna be like, you know, three days out, three days back, a whole week on the bus with Whoopi. But I said, Yeah, no problem. So then Whoopi calls me about two weeks later and says, Hey, I got a jet. I go, oh, Okay. She says, But I wanna take Kristen Chenoweth. Is that okay? I go, Yeah, fine. I've never met her, but yeah, you're jet. I just appreciate the ride. Bottom line is, we get on the jet, leave Teterboro, it's early in the morning, I meet Kristen, see whoop, Kristen's telling, talking about her manager and her agent, how she's not happy, and so whoopie goes, you should have Eddie mad at you, mm-hmm. and I just left, uh, I just left Paradigm at the time, and uh, she said, well, what do you do, and I said, you know what, let's go bury our friend, and we'll talk about it on the way home, so on the way home, We chatted, and next thing you know, boom! That was in. That was. uh, I guess that was in. Robin died in August, so the funeral was in October. So, a couple days right after Christmas, bingo! And we started uh, five years ago together. And again, it was Whoopi. A relationship. Yeah. And I met Whoopi. You know, I mean, she was a client. Never booked her at ICM, but we met with Robin and Billy. They introduced me the first time in 1999, uh, 1990. Okay. We did the first Comic Relief, radio City Musical. And that's how I met Whoopi, but through Robin and Billy. So, you know, that was a blessing. They said, Oh, this guy used to be our agent. You know, now he's running this place. So Whoopi and I just became friends. And we're still friends. Uh,
0: that's, um, that's sweet. So my, um, have a Whoopi connection, sort of. My grandmother worked on the film *The Color Purple*, mm-hmm. and one of the only film, pictures she has from that is with um, Whoopi Goldberg. And so,
1: yeah, she's a she's a she's a good
0: lady. Yeah, no, I've loved her career ever since. Because you know, when you're a kid and you see, yeah. you, you know, you're like, oh wow, we can all do that. You, and <laughs> for, like, such a small town that they filmed it in, it was just it gave a lot of us um, encouragement. Because it's funny. I think three of my family members went into the entertainment industry as far as my cousins. Um, Of course, my dad's a movie producer, but, and my mom's a stunt woman, but they could have easily have gone many different careers based on all my aunts and uncles are all very smart people. So (laughs) it's kind of surprising. We didn't know which way people were going, but it's kind of funny that because of my grandmother, every time anybody new came to the house, she had to show the color purple part where she was an extra in the film and so on, (laughs) and it just, you would just see so much pride and energy come out of her and she never cussed, but I guess Steven Spielberg spoke to her and told her to just clap like she just didn't give a D word. And just to hear my grandmother say that was like, you know, it was just like, oh, the funniest thing ever. And so again, like, I'd love to know that you you had that relationship with Whoopi and to hear how you got, that she is someone that you would be willing to ride six hours with. I'm sure it's a luxury bus, but you were willing. No, we didn't
1: do another bus. No, the
0: bus would I be know, but I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, there's not many people you want to be trapped on a bus with for a few <laughs> the days. Bus, <laughs> the bus
1: days out and three days back. Yeah. And I still said
0: yes. And I was I, like, yeah.
1: I'm
0: just saying, i um, I've done cross country with my family and I've done it with my husband and one of my best friends we almost didn't make it <laughs> my best friend and i we almost didn't make it <laughs> because i was like i'm such a germ phobe i was like i can't stop at any old place it's gotta be yeah. so that's why i'm just like there's a lot i mean that speaks a lot to character that you're willing to want to travel especially for something so sad as well but at the same time she's got to yeah, be that's
1: a what brought us all together it's funny robin would be
0: you know, it's crazy. Yeah, comic relief was a big deal because that was how they, again, raising money for homeless through comedy, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, and yeah it's just everything. Well, he just loses his anniversary a couple of days ago in fact right. when so. Right. But yeah, so, you know, it's a, uh, yeah, Chris and I talk about it all the time. You know, Robin right. Williams, Billy Kristen, the Robin, will be, that's how we, met. it's just crazy how things happen. That's what I mean. You never know. No, I and mean, no. on my way to a funeral, I come home with a client. I mean in my life I had no plans. And here and, I am, boom.
0: And not just any client, a popular <laughs> <Exactly>. client. <laughs> I mean, She's a you as know, we say. Yeah, no, my daughter loves her from the descendants. So yeah. like
1: uh, my grandkid, my, my granddaughter was just here to watch it three times. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then she they say, how come they call me pork chop. They go, Pork Chop. How come she wasn't in the second one? I said they killed her off.
0: Yeah. I'm still thinking that they should have a third one and bring back some of the parents again. Cause I kept you waiting to see them again. That would be great. I know that um Cameron Boyce had passed away, so they were saying they wouldn't do it again, but I know there's the all the young kids, the VP kids that they were bringing over. I wait I know way too much about this descendants. So I'm gonna just go ahead and yeah, stop yeah. embarrassing myself. <laughs> But I would love to see more. And I know she's been doing some Christmas films here in North Carolina as well. And you were saying there's a new TV show that's coming out. Yeah, just
1: something she's doing. Just a little little thing she's doing. uh, Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't represent her in TV and film. I just do concert stuff. But but, uh, I stay in the loop. But uh, yeah, no, things are are good. But then next year, we'll have another record come out, hopefully in 21. And uh, the last one is called For the Girls, which is phenomenal. And uh,
0: yeah, life is good. Oh, I can't wait. That's good to know because we're you know we're starting to run out of content. So anything new is exciting to be able to That's hear right. or see or watch. <laughs> like I hope people have really learned to have an appreciation for the arts during this time because we're. That well, you know big.
1: it's funny it's like these kind of calls and stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. I mean, as you know, I'm not a tech person, but I I didn't know that I could go on my smart TVs in my in my here or wherever. And there was a, that I could watch YouTube. I mean, that's, that I, so I've discovered like now, I mean, you know, I watch Kristen stuff. I watch Beatles stuff. I watch surfing stuff. I watch my hometown, my little town, Wrightsville Beach. If you Google Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina, you can watch guys fishing, scuba diving. It's crazy. Right here, right? Sitting right here. It's like, you know, I have no idea. I That's how, that's how, you know, Tristan's like, Oh, yeah, watch this on YouTube. And I go, Wait, on my phone, on my computer? She says, no, you can watch it on your smart TV. I go, Really? And she goes, Good. And there it was. You, I changed my life.
0: See, where is your, I mean, because your son's also in the entertainment industry as well, right? Do, yeah. it, it, do they all live up north still? or He
1: lives in New Jersey, and my daughter lives in Huntersville. Okay,
0: well, whenever they come to visit, they need to like help you with all your tech stuff in your house. That's what <laughs> I do for my dad. Um, he had I don't remember what movie it was for, but he had to watch some film and they gave him like a stream code or something to oh, watch. Yeah. Oh, we were, we're like, getting there like, I, to I trying to figure it out almost though, but I was like, no, we can do it, we can figure it out. And I was so grateful when it finally worked. So, yeah, I. Always, I'm like, just save it for me when I come to visit. I'll help p- fix it. But he, at the same time, he he he's teaching me some things with Zoom, so it's a trade off. There you go. but wow, no, yeah. Um, so what is it that your son does? Because I I find it fascinating that they he followed in your footsteps.
1: He works for a company called Momentum, so he produces uh, events for like American Express and okay. Yahoo and all sorts of. You know, he just he was just before COVID, he was doing three. Uh, Beyonce shows, and uh, then this happened. So
0: uh, oh, Now he's
1: doing a lot of. Now he's doing a lot of stuff, uh, like you know Zoom and all these meetings. And he's doing stuff for the U.S. Open, but instead of having like clients there, mm-hmm. he's doing them like this. You know, so uh, he, he's he's busy. That's the good news.
0: He's- no, yeah, that's great, especially being yeah. in live events. And I wonder how they can cater the experience with. They're doing it. I tell yeah, you, they're turning it
1: out. Yeah. People, the world is gonna change. This, this, I'm telling you, this is this is it. Unless it goes back to whatever normal was, but people, it seem to be happy. Doing. I mean, I'd rather be sitting in your living room doing this, talking face to face. That's just me, you know. But but some folks now, you know, there's an article in the Times the other day, uh, that the Time wife Building in New York City had 8,500 people today who worked in the Time Life building, in Columbus Circle. Wow. They say when things become normal again, that only 500 people will be in that building. That's 8,000 people that might not be in that building ever again. Just think about that.
0: That's huge.
1: That's a lot of sodas and coffee rolls and Coca-Colas and hamburgers
0: well, um, yeah, there, uh, an actor, Michael Rappaport, I saw, I don't know where, if it was his footage exactly, but he had posted a video of downtown, um, not downtown, but of Manhattan, yeah. and it was completely dead. Everything was boxed up, uh, or um,
1: it's boarded good. up
0: and everything, it was just it's you're sad to think about all those different businesses being closed and all of that, but it's, it's a pandemic. It's like, we, we don't know what could happen and it's not worth the risk. I feel like with opening things too soon and then.
1: Right. No, you're right. And people are moving. Oh, I mean, people are coming down this way. They're going, Florida. You know, everybody's heading south. They're heading north. And, uh, but you know, the thing that upsets me is like 60% of all restaurants by January 1 will be closed in New York city. Think about that six percent that's, that's a lot of restaurants a lot areas. of jobs and they're closed right here and a lot of them are not even open now okay. it's, it's just a mess but uh hopefully it'll get better yeah and oh, hopefully yeah. it'll because again this has affected everybody
0: you know? mm-hmm. the entire yeah. world over all right so, so, it's just finding a way that we still can build community and, and engage with each other some way or another because I mean, for me, it was creating this podcast, so I would have still have some way to communicate with people outside um, without feeling like I was limited to my location anymore. As well,
1: yeah, no, this is good.
0: Yeah, you know, like there's that. Yeah, and I think about for some of these people who, for their jobs, they had to travel so much as well that now they're finding ways that they can still have that work life balance as well. And I'm sure with you traveling so much for your job, that was something you had to kind of figure out as well. And um, are there any tips that you would give for people who want to work in doing what you did? I and mean, granted, it's going to be a different yeah. world, but just I even, always, you know,
1: yeah, so, I always uh, tell folks just, you know, be yourself, go with your gut, Yeah, don't. Don't jive. Don't just be, be honest, you know, just relationships. That's what it's all about. Cause you can, you burn somebody and trust me, five, six, seven, ten 10 years from now, I've had so many people that just all comes around. Yeah. And, um, and if you're going to be in that business, you're going to find, business only so big you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to run into all these people and you're like, Oh my God, who is it? Who's the buyer? Who's the manager? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I did something to that guy or woman. No, 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 but You can't. Yeah. You uh, just show respect and uh, work hard. And if you work hard, you know, it's cliche, but you'll you'll get it done. That's you'll true. get it done. That's true. You know, that's, that's my bottom line. <laughs> and don't be afraid to ask a question.
0: Yeah, that's important. Too many
1: people can l- listen, but don't be afraid to ask a question.
0: Yeah, what are some questions you would suggest that people ask when maybe getting the opportunity to be in front of a manager and wanna wanna be signed or maybe you're looking to see how they should pick a manager or so on? Is there is it I mean a relationship, but at the same time you want to make sure they're gonna fight for you.
1: Yeah, well if you want, yeah, I mean, you gotta find somebody one who believes in you. Mm-hmm. Also somebody who if you go to a meeting, if they really want you, they won't have their cell phone on. Okay. If you go out to a meeting and you've got somebody say, Oh, wait a second. Yeah, they're not interested in you. Okay. You never take your cell phone to a meeting. That's me. Okay. Shows respect. In fact, yeah. I've been in meetings where I've said, Okay, everybody turn your cell phones off. Mm-hmm. Right. Give me you need forty five minutes of focus. Mm-hmm. but young kids now, I mean, even even my son, I catch him going under the table. I go, no, 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 no that sucker down
0: because
1: <laughs> everybody they think it's like oh if i don't do it now it's never going to happen you know right so, when i was a kid we came back and there were pink slips on your desk you know had 50 pink slips called this all this Call this now this thing you're bing 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 you know you
0: things all day long right right oh and the pink slips, you mean like the the, um, the, the fold where they would write out your messages? A yeah, phone message, yeah, yeah you'd when come I back. Pink slips, I'm like, you're getting fired
1: oh, no, yeah. like <laughs> the phone in the old yeah. days, you'd come back and it'd be 30 phone messages, and I would just sit there and just call oh. everybody, throw it away, call, yeah. throw it away. That's old school, but that's how you did
0: it. mean, right. I wish I could still find Rolodexes, speaking of old school stuff, because that was a great Invention to keep up with business cards and so on. Yeah, (laughs) I remember my dad's Rolodex, and I remember like playing with it. But now I'm like, gosh, that was a really great. And some things that were from the past do need to come back. That would probably. I'm
1: sure. I'm sure. If you Google Rolodex, you can scan an app, and you can just put all these tick cards and scan them up and come right
0: on your screen. I've done that. I've done the app. And the thing is, because people want to be so creative with the fonts or the kind of card sure. or this, that, and the other. I thought I was doing so great with this app. And then come to find out it was all jumbled and just random letters. Cause I was at some networking event I'm like, Oh no, no, I don't need to keep your card. I have a green way to do it. Oh, okay. the there you go. I should have double, triple checked, but I'm dyslexic as well. So it all looked right to me at first (laughs) until I replied and got a lot of, but anyway, I really appreciate you being my guest today. This has been so much fun hearing how how your career just took off and also all the different wonderful events you were involved in. And I really appreciate it. Oh, my mom is in the comments saying she has a Rolodex for me. Thanks, mom.
1: And right. then there's the one that says what a
0: phenomenal fundraiser oh yeah that was for um, when you were talking about Michael Jordan I meant to put it in oh. earlier and got distracted but oh, yeah cool. she was talking about the Michael Jordan one so okay. um, I'll try to say right, well, let's, let's do this in the
1: fall and see how things go
0: absolutely so I would love to know and uh, yeah bring some of your friends okay maybe I will there now you go I don't give any hints or anything I like it. Like oh that. Curious. Did you go to her birthday party? The seventy fifth no. oh, okay. okay. That's where this is from. I made the trip out there to go see her seventy fifth diamond.
1: Yeah. I'll try to find the picture. Of my scrappa goes dancing, I'll send it to you.
0: Oh, I would love that. I um so oh, I grew up overseas and she was just one of those VHS tapes that yeah. family members would send us and I just fell in love with her ever since and I just I love that she's been consistently always a professional and just very glamorous. And yeah. I saw her perform twice, the first time being here in North Carolina. And just like still, she was doing all the wardrobe changes. And when she sang the song, Reach Out and Touch, she actually let people come reach out and touch her. Yeah. And so I might have trampled a couple of people to get up there. But hey, whatever, they survived. Just kidding. Yeah. I do that. No, everybody was being too polite to move. And I was like, uh... I'm not missing this chance. So I um I appreciate the fact that she's amazing. So and I appreciate you maybe Okay. All right,
1: well don't be a stranger and thank you.
0: at all. I love to talk to you again and even off here just to hear all the different stories because this was amazing. I really appreciate it. And my pleasure. All right. You have a great day and thanks Take again.
1: Care. be safe. Bye bye. Thank you.
0: All right. Who knows Michael Jordan? Help me out because this is the closest I may ever get to Diana Ross. We could do a trade. Come on. I know somebody out there knows Michael Jordan. Somebody has to. I mean, a Carolina fan out there, some basketball friends out there. (laughs) I know um, my aunt went to school with uh, Michael Jordan the same time he was there. Oops, did I just age her? actually. I don't know that she was there at the same time now that I think about it. Saving myself, um, but anyway, um, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. The eSpot with Camille. Make sure you share, like, subscribe this episode and all future episodes. Go ahead and share with your friends. Sorry, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that did not go off while I was on the phone um, while he was on the line, because um, oh my gosh, that would totally go against everything you just was saying about phones. I. I am now a stay-at-home stay at mom, virtual academy mom. So these are, have all these different alarms to remind us to stay on time, to make sure we get in bed on time to wake up at the crack of dawn. So um, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Make sure you share with your friends. And again, the schedule now for the eSpot until I get my um, school schedule. I'm just not a morning person, so I have to figure this all out. Once, um, that's all right away. I may go back to five days a week, but for now, it's three days a week. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Wednesdays will be interviews, and then Thursdays will be with my new co-host, Jay Bailey. She'll be joining me, and we have some fun things ahead planned. And even tomorrow, I'm so excited. The two singers I'm going to have is Blue and Emmy, and they have this song, No Disturbance, that They just recently released, and we're going to play a game tomorrow with Emmy. I love this. So I hope you'll tune in, join the live, or watch the replay. And if you watch the replay, let me know. Write replay so I can see that you tuned in, you saw, you understand that it's only three days a week now, for now, anyway. And um, wow, I'm still like in a daze from talking to Ed just this is amazing. Like my entire childhood, he was basically describing, I remember watching probably from behind the couch. Cause I wasn't probably old enough to really watch some of the comedy shows, but for um, comic relief, I remember watching some of those and I just, What an amazing opportunity he's had in a cool life. So thanks again for tuning in. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. And I will see you again tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Don't forget to share, share, share. Don't let me be the best kept secret. All right. Thanks again, guys.